Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. What's up, friends? Grant Baldwin here. So good to have you here with us for another awesome episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, one of the best parts of TSL is working with our students. Like day in, day out, we've literally helped thousands of students to build and grow their speaking business and to share their message with the world. And I am thrilled that you have the opportunity to hear from some of them during our monthly student highlight series. Because one of the things you're going to find is their stories are going to offer really insight and, and hope no matter where you are in your speaking career. We're going to talk about exactly what they've done, how they've built their business and some of the results that they're seeing. And so for this series, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to hand the mic to one of our coaches who are in the trenches every single day, helping our students to gain the confidence, the clarity, and that clear path that they need to their very own speaking success. I know you're going to love hearing from and learning from these students. So uh, let's get right into it. Enjoy. everyone, Mary Alice Goldsmith here, Director of Student Success, and today I am taking over the Speaker Lab podcast. It's a true honor to have the opportunity to introduce you to some of our amazing students, and I promise you're going to learn so much from their experiences and be inspired by their perseverance and success. Today, it's my privilege to introduce you to Michael Laidler. Uh, where are you from, Michael? Originally from Miami, Florida, but right now I live in Beaumont, Texas. Oh, wow. Okay. Really cool. Well, I'm happy to have you here today. Good to see you. How is everything? It's always amazing just having the ability to wake up each and every day. This being one of those days, I make the most out of it every time. Yeah, I love that. That's really great way to start a day. I mean, can't have a bad day when you start a day like that, right? Correct. You're 100% right. Great. So Miami to Texas, do tell. I was actually born and raised in Miami, Florida. And then when I turned 16, graduated from high school, I actually traveled up north to Tallahassee, Florida to attend Florida State University. And that's kind of where my career track started as well, because in 2005, when I was 19, I actually became a police officer. Oh, wow. So from that point on, you know, police work, trying to graduate college. Then I was like, well, what's next for me? Mm -hmm. What came next was Border Patrol. That took me to Laredo, Texas. A few years there, then I had my son. I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to stay on the border. It's kind of rough around the, these, these neck of the woods. Mm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. then I joined the federal prisons. And from that point, I've moved around a few times. And now I finally landed in Texas again for a second time. There you go. Oh, very cool. So, okay. So I know like in your career, speaking has been part of it. I got to coach you a couple of times, but I, I'd love to know, like, what is it today how, like, like your career, how is, has, how has speaking evolved and what do you speak about? Speaking started for me, at least from what I can remember back when I was a field training officer, as a, when I was a police officer. And that's when I think more of the coaching, the training kind of started. And that was 17, 18 years ago. And then it slowly progressed. I would 
every once in a while go speak somewhere, but not nothing professionally, so to speak, nothing truly organized. And then probably about 2015, I was selected for a supervisory role and I knew I was going to be put in a, in a position of, of instruction and being in front of others. And one of the things I don't like to do, I don't like to look crazy or like, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> in front of people. That's that good. was my driving think. force at that point. So about a year goes by and I'm more getting into my leadership role. And then about 2016, I joined Toastmasters and they're one of those organizations that help grow your leadership and your speaking abilities. Mm. And I really enjoyed participating in that program and doing the different activities. So about 2017 or so, I was really getting involved in speaking and I heard the John Maxwell program. I actually saw one of my friends, former coworkers, he joined the John Maxwell team. And I was like, man, you look like you're doing so much professionally speaking. So I kind of dove into it around 2017. I got the John Maxwell certification. And that's kind of where my true formal speaking business kind of jumpstarted. And from that point forward, I, I spoke and I was learning the speaking game. I didn't always know all the marketing strategies or everywhere I wanted to go, but I would say about 2016 is when I start formally developing my skill. And then 2017, I made it a business. Mm, awesome. So where does the speaker lab fit into that timeline? So 2017, 2018, I was growing my business. And then in my full-time job, because my speaking business was a part-time um, setup that I had about 2018, 2019, I received a job promotion and 2019, I spoke once professionally, 2020, I spoke zero, 2021, I spoke another zero times. Mm. And I was tired of having goose eggs. And I, I was realizing I had more time in my schedule than what I previously thought. And I told myself, you know what? I need to get some more help, some more tips, some more strategies on marketing. Because as a speaker, a lot of us come out just thinking that, at least me, for example, I thought that just because I was a speaker, I would be getting signed. Mm. right away. People were like, Michael, come speak here, come speak there. And you kind of get that, but it's not always paid. It's mm. always like, Hey, we have a charity or we have this training going on for our six team members. Can you come do it? And when you're not freshly trained to market yourself, or you don't know how to go get leads and find those people that pay, you say, Oh yeah, sure. I'll do it. Mm -hmm. You find yourself doing more free stuff than paid. And there is a place and time for that. But if you're trying to grow it as a profession, then it's not going to work because you can't, you can't live, you're not going to live for free. So yeah. Speaker Lab, at some point in 2021 or 2020, I got on their email list. I don't know how I got on it, to be honest with you, but I, <laughs> I stole I was you from the, the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was something, yeah. Somehow I got on it and I would see the emails from Grant Ball and I know it's, it's part of the business and everything. And I, I liked what I was seeing on there. And then when I made my decision to actually dive more into professional speaking, I was like, you know what? The Speaker Lab, was continuously emailing me and not over emailing me maybe once or twice a month, but it was nothing overbearing. So when I got ready to make that transition, I was like, okay, what do I need to do to go from not speaking and not really getting the target audience I wanted to more developing a path and setting goals for myself. So what I was seeing with the speaker lab and then the get paid and, or get booked and paid in less than 90 days, I was like, you know what? Let's see if this program actually works. So that's kind of Mary Alice. That's kind of where our journey started was about October of last year. Right. And right. yeah, so I jumped into it and I, I want to say November 2nd or November 3rd of 21, I started doing part of the marketing program that's outlined in Speaker Lab. 
And I had my first contract in December to come speak wow. a few months after that. And now just in 2020, 2022, I've had 15 speaking engagements just based on the formula and working it. And I, right now, like, if I'm sorry if you've anybody heard any beeping in the background, but I'm getting emails about engagements for next year. And that's all part of the marketing program. It's nothing that I, I did not have this back in 2017, 2018, 19, 20, or really any of 21. But now that I have it, I'm benefiting from it. And that's kind of how my speaking business has evolved. And I know Eric Reem, if you haven't heard him, great coach, get into the VIP program. But he talks about there's 1,500 gigs a day. And there are a lot of opportunities for speakers. So what my speaking business has grown has really, it has went a lot further than what I would have expected. Um, over less than a year. And when I tell people my journey, they're like, what do you mean? I have people that have been speaking longer than me and they're actually better speakers than me, but they don't get as much business as I do, even in a part-time role. Mm. I just talked to a guy yesterday. I was like, well, how much do you charge? And he charges a third of what I charge. And he's been wow. speaking longer than me. And he actually, like I said, he speaks better than me too, but his marketing strategy and his business strategy isn't as constructed as well as mine has been because of the speaker lab. Wow. That that's really, I mean, that's really awesome. You know, you said it's like the, the Michael of, of 2017, 18, 19 and 2020 is like, who is he? Right. He's like a completely different person than the Michael who's standing in front of me right now. And, and this is what, this is what our mission is, right? You have a confidence. There's an air about you that you own this piece of the pie in terms of what you speak about and, and your speaking business. Like that has to feel really good. No wonder why you're just happy to wake up in the morning. Look what you're waking up to. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, I, I talked to some of the other people that I was in the class with through the speaker lab. I'm like, Hey man, if you work the program, it's going to pay off. And all the extra stuff I bought. And if I had my phone connected, a lot of the things I've done that I've learned through the speaker from since October of last year has come through the speaker lab. My virtual studios come from Gregory Dennis. Mm -hmm. My, some of my concepts on virtual presentations come, come from Eric Green. I published a book this year based on hearing a podcast from Chandler Bolt that was done through this speaker lab platform. So there's a lot of things that um, Mary Alice, you and your team have done a great job doing. And I think sometimes you have to see it to believe it, but all the stuff I have done as far as my speaking business go has been funded through speaking engagements that I didn't have last year. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really an awesome story, your story, because we give the same information to every single student, Correct. right? Mm -hmm. And to see certain students take it the way that, like, like yourself, take it the way that you have and really, like you said, worked the program. Every day you're working the program. And I want to get into that because I think I think you're a great example. There's another ding, folks. Another email. I know. That, that is, I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, oh yeah, that's somebody trying to ask. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> that's great. In real time, we are booking mm -hmm. gigs while we're doing yes. a podcast. Oh, that's yes. awesome. Um, but you know, that that's the thing. Like Grant always says, like it it it's easy stuff. Like what we teach you is pretty easy, but it doesn't mean it's simple. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's so true when he says that, because it's, it's the, the, the step-by-steps -step that we teach the speak framework, it's not complicated, but it is made complicated when people don't simply implement the steps. Right. Correct. So I'd love to know from you, like, 
what does your day, like now that you've gone through the program, you, you went through the speak framework, you went through the virtual program, what does a day in the life of a professional speaker look like for you? So that's kind of interesting because I still have my full-time job. Yeah. However, one thing I've learned through the speaker lab is prospect at least 10 minutes a day. And really, you're going to prospect a lot more than that, no matter what, just checking emails or returning phone calls, making phone calls, developing curriculum, doing video podcasts, YouTube channel, writing a book, whatever. So in my life, what it looks like is I do work eight to 10 hours a day in a full-time job, but then I find time throughout the day, whether it's in the morning at lunch break or even after doing research on more presentations, developing my skill set, networking, figure out how to communicate with different people. So the speaking side is just a continuous movement. It's continuously developing. It got to the point earlier this year that I had too many speaking engagements lined up for this year to where it would have affected my full-time job. So I stopped prospecting mm -hmm. because if not, I would have had to miss work like without the appropriate leave to take. And I didn't want to do that to my full-time job. So as a professional speaker, I find myself looking for ways to manage my time because now I have a lot more things to do, but also just pro like looking for different engagements to go for, talking to different people, kind of understanding just the opportunities that are out there. So a day-to-day -day process is really when it comes to professional speaking, even if you're doing it part-time and or full-time, it's prospecting every single day, looking for more. Even if you send out five emails, you may not get one today, but you may get one from that photo from one of those five people next week. I mean, right. I've had emails that I forgot I sent two or three months ago. And then all of a sudden, I guess they saw it and they was like, oh, sorry about the delay what questions do you have? And then that leads to a whole nother conversation of potential business. So mm -hmm. every day in my business for professional speaking, I prospect, even on the weekends, even if it's just me responding to a quick email, or I might be out somewhere and see a conference like, oh man, maybe I can go speak at that conference. Let me figure out how to use the information I got from the speaker lab and figure out who that person is I can contact. And that's just being out in the public. So, or saying, hey, you know what? Having a conversation with some of my friends, like, Y'all know anybody that's looking for a speaker? So as yeah. a professional speaker, it's crazy. Once people see it, social media helps out. They're like, hey, we saw you're a speaker. Can you come speak for an event over here? Can you do this? So it's a lot of promoting yourself because you have to, especially if you're a small business. Now, as you grow like Grant or Eric, obviously you have other people doing some of that, but every day is reaching out, figuring out what the next business is, figure out the next client. And then obviously, developing a time that you can do it because time management is just, just as important as anything else. Yeah, no, that's huge. In fact, it, it made me think of um, the episode that was released today that uh, the coach's corner episode 407 on the podcast uh, where Nanette and I talk about vision and strategy and like mm -hmm. you talking about this balancing act of, you know, cause a lot of people are like, I'm overwhelmed. I have a full-time job. I have children. I have family, I have friends mm -hmm. and I want to speak. Um, well, Michael, you just said it too. You have all of those things as well, right? You have a son, you have, you have your full-time job, you have your speaking mm -hmm. career, but there's something else that you have is you have a, you have a vision of what, what you're willing to say yes to and what you're willing right. to balance. And because of that vision, you're able to say no to certain things without feeling like you're in a lack of, right. You still have that abundant mindset, which is right. so important, but you knew that when you re reached a certain number of speaking gigs, that it was time to say, no, not, you know, yes. for today, this is not going to work. 
because I, you do have a life. So talk about how you, how did you come up with that number? How did you know that this particular amount of speaking gigs will still allow you to be a great dad, a great full-time employee, uh, a great son, friend, all of those things? I actually never thought about it until I was in the VIP program with Eric Greenman. He said he roughly does about 20 to 25 open clients, give or take a year. Mm-hmm. Um, now that isn't, I don't think he included existing and I don't want to quote everything he said, but I start looking at what my schedule allowed. So for me, my magic number was 15. Mm-hmm. If I have more than 15 engagements in a year, as it sits right now, I have too many. And that's about one, maybe two a month, because that allows me to kind of balance out my weekday schedule, my weekend schedule, my time with my son, my time doing other activities, because a full-time job, speaking, which we call it part-time, but it's really full-time as well. Mm -hmm. And then family time does, it does take a lot out of you. So for me, I just, I just kind of arbitrarily came up with the number and I, and I said 15. Um, I don't think I can go more than that based on my schedules, just sitting down and planning out my year and planning out different things. Like I said, 22 is packed. If I, if I took any more, it would be one of those, it has to be on the weekend or it has to be really planned. But like 23, as I look forward, it's more wide open. And then as I see myself hitting that 10, 11 mark, I may take prospecting 10 minutes a day down to five just to help balance that out. Or I may just stop reaching out to new people and maybe just cultivating those relationships. Like not telling, like telling them ahead of time, hey, I have nothing left in 23. Let's look at 24. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, one of the books I actually read recently was called Oversubscribed. And one of the things that that author talks about is when people start realizing they can't get you, they're going to want you even more mm-hmm. totally. because they know if your schedule's full. There's a reason why it's full. And then you got to remember if you're on your email list, your website, social media, if you're showing the events you're at, people are no, they know you're getting um, booked. Yeah. And that's as an event planner, as a training coordinator, you want to bring in people that other people kind of know about or that they really believe can really benefit their um, conference or whatever they have going on. So once I hit my number, I do tell people, hey, I'm out for this year. Let's start working on next year. Let's start looking at what we can do to help build another um, year of training. So that's kind of the number I came up was 15, just looking at my overall schedule, one to two a month. Yeah, no, that's, it, it's so important because it could be enticing to be like, oh yeah, I'll do two or three speaking gigs a year, but then you become a shell of yourself and that, you know, really impacts the, the energy of the business. But you, you said something really powerful there, like cultivating the relationships that you already have. And I, I know that's something that Eric drives home. I know that's something myself and the coaches drive home. You know, when you get one speaking gig, that alone can turn into five to 10. And those five to 10, it, it just keeps growing and growing. It's, it, it's the snowball effect, but cultivating those relationships are really, really important. Um, what, are, what are some ways that you have found really works in, in doing that in terms of cultivating those relationships? You know, like if I had you come and speak and then, you know, uh, after that event, how are you going to capitalize on that relationship you have with me to get more speaking gigs? Every conference I do, unless they are too busy, I do a post-event call. And that's what I actually learned through the speaker lab. I actually do a pre-event and a post-event. Pre-events have, have actually, the more event corners I've talked to, they're like, no one ever does this. No mm-hmm. one ever calls us and walks us through a checklist. They just, we sign them and then they just show up. And then we're trying to figure out all these things. So I do the pre-event initially 
So it shows that the coordinator that how they, it shows how serious you are. Yep. I've even had other gigs booked out of that pre-event. There was one I did actually the very first one I did this year. Once I did the, well, as I was doing the pre-event, she was like, Hey, looking at my schedule, I have another time slot open. Do you want it? And I'll pay you while you're already here. So that was part of cultivating the relationship because I gave her an answer to, to an issue she had. So mm-hmm. once I do that, and obviously you have to perform at your conference or event. And if you don't, obviously you got to, I would recommend give the money back. If you, if something happens, if you don't give them what they expect, but then wow. when you do the post, you got to do a post event mm-hmm. because one, you got to work on yourself and you want to see and understand the kind of feedback they had. Um, and remember you're there kind of, you're, you're teaching to the audience, but you're representing that event planner mm-hmm. or that training coordinator. So you want to, whatever measurements of success he or she has, that's what you really, that's, that's, that's needs to be your main goal when it yeah, comes that's, to that's that. Huge. And that's people don't understand that. And yeah. when they hear that, they appreciate that because they're busy, but they don't really have anybody just appreciate them just for their job. So some of these people are volunteers. They're not always paid. So mm-hmm. they're booking 10, 15, 20 speakers. And then you come in and say, Hey, what works for you? What will make you look good? What will help out your association? Mm. And then once you know that you talk about in the post event and in there, you ask, do you have any referrals? Do you know about any events coming up? What can I do to get better? What did I hit my success? And that's all part of building because sometimes they're like, you know what? I, there is somebody I can connect you with. I was just talking to them the other day and they were talking about, they need a speaker. So when it comes to that, you see what they need. You say, okay, I know I might not be able to come to the next conference, but can I, re- can I recommend somebody? So now you're helping them do their job, not doing it for them, but you're saying, hey, you may not have time to look for a speaker, but I have a person. Yeah. So you're just doing all the, or I like to do all the little things that I've just kind of learned through the speaker lab, just to kind of have customer service. Cause I'm not always trying to sell to them. I'm just trying to build that relationship so they know if they need something from me, as far as a professional speaker goes, they know I'm willing to at least try. So that comes from a post-event call. That's probably been one of the most important things that I have done that's allowed me to get more feedback and, and actually earn me more gigs and opportunities to connect with others just because all the dust is settled from the event. So you're not trying to rush it to the, rush them to them right after when everything's going on and they have time to sit down and say, okay, this is who we can recommend you to. Yeah, no, it's, it's so great. I mean, we say this all the time. I know you heard it when you were going through our program from probably everyone that you came in contact to with, but it's, it's a relationship building business. And so, um, I think the other thing that's really profound for you is we have a lot of students who come to us really frustrated not a lot of students, but we have students that come to us and they're like, I, I reached out to 20 people and I, I have no response. And I'm like, oh gosh, how do I let them know? Like 20 people is nothing. That's chump change, right? But you took the cold leads, right? We give you cold leads. You don't know these people. They don't know you. There's no reason they should be opening your email because you are a stranger in their inbox. Mm-hmm. But these, these are 15 paid leads from cold traffic. What, what do you think for you made such a difference for you to get the responses that you were getting? Following up what I said I did or when mm-hmm. I said I would. So I would do the cold email and if they responded, obviously try to get them on the phone. Not everybody wants to get on the phone right away. Depends on the person or they directed you to somebody else, but get on that phone. If you can't get on the phone, email. If they don't respond right away, 
follow the program, wait a week, wait two weeks, wait whatever the time delay is, and then re-email them. If you get them on the phone, you send them something, follow up. Because there was, there was another a gig I did this year where I talked to the, the coordinator in November of last year. And we talked on the phone, everything. I, we, just, we didn't actually talk about what conference I would speak at. We just talked. So she kind of understand where I was going and I kind of understand her needs. It's like, all right, call me in January. I did, no response. I was like, oh man. <laughs> I waited a few weeks. I emailed again. No response. I said, all right, I'm gonna wait about a month. I emailed again. And then I finally, I waited about probably another month after that. And then I did that fourth email that we talk about in the program where, hey, the ball's in your court. You, hey, I'm not gonna keep pestering you. And literally the day after I sent that, she forwarded it to her assistant and I ended up speaking for that conference three months later. Wow. That's so cool. for those leads, it started off with a cold lead, but the follow-up, I think a lot of my post-event calls have actually said that follow-up and my continuous communication has really helped me out because they appreciate that because they're busy. Mm -hmm. So you got to, our goal as a professional speaker, as a small business is to make that path of resistance as the minimum as possible, because we don't want them to suffer. We want them to know they call Mary Alice, boom, we know she's on it. We call Michael Laitler, we know he's going to respond quickly. So just that post-event call and just that follow-up has really, I think it's really helped me out at least. Yeah, no, for sure. I love that. Um, so, you know, it sounds like you're living your dream. I mean, you really, you really, um, had a, a mission to create this business. I know it's part-time now. What's the long-term goal? So I used to always say back when I was tw in 2017 that I wanted to be the John Maxwell of law enforcement officers and the law enforcement industry. So that's still one of my goals. Yeah. And I can see doing this full-time. I can vision it. It's not, it's not hard. I don't think it's just, you got to be able to understand what kind of field you're going into because mm -hmm. you are a contractor you're a professional speaker. Obviously you can sign long-term deals, but like everything else it's never guaranteed. So the long-term for me, I can see in the next, the big picture is 10 years of having my own speaking company where I am doing a speaking, but I have other speakers providing trainings that are similar to what I, I, I do. Very cool. I love that. Um, so you, you speak on leadership through with law enforcement, correct? Yes. So tell me um, what's the, like, the benefit, because I mean, obviously you guys have trainings on all different things. So they, you just, you just come in and train them on this aspect of leadership, right? Yes. Okay. So, so, okay. So the kind of the answer. So what a lot of, and, and it ain't just law enforcement. I'm realizing this in a lot of industries, yeah. leadership is talked about, but is not really trained heavily mm -hmm. because there's so many other things that come up that are more tangible. Leadership is an intangible skill. You don't really see it, so to speak, until you look at your, your retention levels are horrible or your job satisfaction is low. And all that's usually just based on leadership. We talk about, well, we have a bad environment. Well, what's being done to increase that environment? What are the leaders doing? So a lot of organizations, they don't put as much funding, at least on ab the average organization doesn't put that much money into leadership. So whatever they're looking for on how to give feedback, how to lead through adversity, how to just grow your people, how to come up with succession planning. I mean, mm -hmm. I've heard so many organizations just talk about that. Like uh, we're leading now, but we don't know who's next. And I'm thinking to myself, that's makes me foam at the mouth. Cause I'm excited. I'm mm -hmm. like, man, this is, this, this makes me like, Oh man, this is about to be exciting. So 
the, the leadership side in law enforcement and most other industries, it's just, it's not really built on as much as we think. And when you look at some organizations you've been in, people have talked about it, but how many have had the program and executed it as well? Because yeah. every, a lot of other things come up. If you're in a safety world, you're probably going to say, well, you need to have these 52 safety certifications. If you're a doctor, think about doctors. They lead teams. But mm-hmm. when's the last time you actually heard of a doctor going to a leadership conference yeah. or, being, or, or they're being in a leadership program because they have so many other certifications that in theory, at least when it comes to tangibility, it takes a priority to everything else. So leadership, what I've discovered is needed everywhere. And especially in law enforcement, all the things we go through, I've seen only a benefit to it and just kind of understanding yourself. And that's kind of why when I take the leadership or self-awareness approach, I kind of build on both of them just because of the industry I've seen. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's really an interesting um, time for you because you're, you're in it, but then you're mm-hmm. also, so you can kind of see where some of the gaps are and then you could really dive in deeper and, and have that empathy and compassion for the leaders in law enforcement. It's really awesome opportunity for you actually. Um, Okay. So, so tell us, tell us, um, you know, what, what, if, if someone's listening to, to this podcast and they're like, ah, I really would love to become a speaker. I'd I'd love to have 15 gigs on my calendar right now, but I just don't know. I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if my topic's important enough or has a purpose out there. What, what kind of advice would you give someone who's on the fence about, um, you know, pursuing their dreams as a speaker? trial and error and be able to accept failure. Mm. It's, it's very, it's very, you, you, you're going to fail because you fail. And if you're not a speaker right now, that means that you probably failed to live up to your potential because if you're at least listening to a speaker lab podcast, you're thinking about it, but you haven't implemented it for whatever roadblock you have, but to get over that, you just got to put your information out there. I've had people even in the program say, well, I'm not ready yet. My, my, my presentation is not built. You doesn't have to be built. These coordinators, these event plan- planners, they want to see something, usually an abstract, just to have an idea, but they don't need to see you give a whole hour and a half presentation for them to approve it. They're not watching a whole hour yeah, and a yeah, half Please don't send an hour and a half presentation yes. to an event yes, planner. Yes, they don't want, they don't, that's the thing, they don't want that. And yeah. I think sometimes people like, man, I'm not ready. You're not going to be ready until you get on stage. That's right. You, you, you're going to prepare and you're not going to be ready because you don't know what you're going to get when you get up there. So why not at least get up there and see what happens? So if you're on the fence right now, you're like, well, I, I don't have time for this. If you don't have time, that's fine. But don't say that you're not ready because you probably are ready if you've at least taken the step to look into a speaking program because that takes effort in itself. Yeah. I always tell people, if you're at least thinking about it, that means that you probably put some effort to it. If you're me being on the speaker lab email list, I, there was some point must've been 2021 where I was thinking about, I was like, you know, let me sign up for it. Yeah. So it was already there. So if you're on the fence, you're like, well, do I want to get it? Just try it. Just try the program, get through the first, at least four modules, four, four modules, give or take, and start working the program, build your website, get your speaking topic, start thinking about how to get gigs, um, do your demo video, get all that set up and just throw, throw it out there. Try it. And trust me, you're probably not going to swing on. You're probably going to miss on the first one unless you're lucky. So be ready for that. I, what I thought I was going into, because my main topic has been self-awareness in law enforcement, but a lot of the places I called initially wanted leadership. 
Mm. So I already had leadership because that was something I've been doing since 2017. So I had to take a little bit of a transition. I was like, yeah, I talk about self-awareness and leadership. And the first five or 10 people I talked to, they said, all right, tell me more about leadership. Mm, interesting. Because their conference was executives, meaning they were chiefs of police, sheriffs, directors, superintendents. So they wanted more of the leadership aspect because that's what they needed. Yeah. I know what I can present, but at the end of the day, your job is to recognize a problem. You develop the solution and then you present it. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's your whole goal. You're trying to present, you're, you're trying to pre- present a solution to their problem, not the other way around. They're not giving you a solution to your problem, unless you mean getting paid, which helps pay your bills. But <laughs> outside of that, your ultimate goal, when you present, when you're a professional speaker is you're finding a solution to their problem. So don't, I, I, I tell people, do not sit there and work on your presentation for six months. Yeah. You don't need to do that because you may work on this amazing presentation to you. And then that first person you call, they say, uh, we want to talk about leadership, but I know you're talking about, let's say resiliency, which more like mental health, but we want you to talk about how to handle feedback. So you created this whole presentation. They like you, they like your style, but now you're, you pigeonholed yourself into another area. So you got to get out there. You got to have a concept. You have to have a niche that you're looking at. You have to have a target audience, but your target, target audience will show you the way. Yeah, And then you just take that way with your abstracts, with reaching out, kind of talking to people, seeing what they need. And then you kind of build your business more from that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to gather that market research and speak the language of your market, right? Because everybody wants to know what's in it for them. Like if Mm -hmm. if I put you in on that stage and you speak to my audience, like what's in it for them and how are you going to make me look good as the event planner, which you were speaking to earlier, Um, And you have to be able to answer those two questions, right? What's the biggest pain that those people in those seats are having and how are you going to fix it? How are you going to get them from pain Island to pleasure Island? And in the process, make the person who hired you look like a genius, (laughs) you know? So it's important to understand all of that. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the biggest benefits of the speaker lab is we don't just talk about your talk and how to perform on stage. We talk about what this whole being a professional speaker and owning a professional speaking business embodies. And that's everything from, you know, who you are, who you serve, what you do, how you do it, why you do it. Um, you know, so that you can answer that question, what's in it for me. Right. And then also give yourself that confidence of being that expert in the, in, in your specific niche, which is powerful can't market yourself if you don't know what you're an expert in and what problems you're solving. Um, so the speak framework is, is so powerful that way. And I, I see how it's paid off for you. I, I see yeah. how you've gotten so clear on your niche and the confidence you have as a speaker. It's really, it's, it's awesome to see, you know, from a year ago around this time to now it's, it's, it's really, it's really awesome, but you're also doing the work, which is the it's other key component. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So if you're on the fence, you know, and you, you know, you want to be a speaker, sometimes you just need to get that help. And I I think, you know, when you think about Michael in 2017 and 18, you know, you knew you were onto something. You just, you just had a bunch of puzzle pieces. You just needed to put all those pieces together. And I think by investing in the speaker lab, that's exactly what you did. And that's why you're seeing the success that you're seeing because you obviously were not messing around but you also got the resources you needed mm-hmm. to really create 
you know, that puzzle and put it together and say, oh, this is where I'm going. This is how I'm going to get there. Let's go. You know, so good for you. Great job. Um, well, we're super excited for you. We're super proud of you. We always love celebrating our students and we, we are so appreciative for you spending the time and sharing your story because it's, it's an incredible story. And, um, you know, what's next, what, what's 2023 looking like for you? Hopefully um, 15 gigs again, easily. So yeah. that's, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking like, there might be more. <laughs> and there, and there, uh, there probably will be. Um, but on top of the gigs, I want to start incorporating more training programs at some of these law enforcement agencies, because I do believe that motivational speaking, speaking at a conference for an hour, two hours, half a day, even a whole day is good, but you get your long lasting effects when you actually incorporate a whole training program when you're there three months six months, a year. And that's kind of my, one of my goals for 23. So if I find myself maybe at, let's say eight or nine speaking gigs, and I have several organizations that I'm training at, that might be my cap. But I know when it comes to life and traveling, 15 is the magic number overall. So this year I did mostly, I did mostly speaking engagements. I, I worked with a few agencies on some of that additional development, getting kind of, like you said before, one gig equals other trainings and gigs, so to speak. And it has for me, yeah. but that might be more of next year just to see how things go. But I'm looking forward to another 15 gigs. Like I said, you guys heard the beeps. I actually <laughs> glanced at it. I actually saw, I was like, oh yeah, that's guy been waiting. He said he was going to email me back today about something in April of next year. So it's things that have been getting worked on and conversations I had in November of last year are coming through, coming, coming around right now because yeah. when I contacted them, it was a little late. And we talk about that in the speaker lab. When you call somebody, it just may not be the right time and they may have their speakers. You don't give up. You right. say, okay, thank you. When can I follow up? If they don't tell you, okay, I'm just going to follow up in August of 2022. And you do that. Yep. So you give them a chance to say, because sometimes they need that, that trust built up. Because if you did a cold email, like you said, who's this random person emailing me talking about who, who, who books your speakers? I don't know this person. So mm-hmm. that follow-up is some of those follow-ups are coming around. Like I set my CRM to give me an alert, like six months later, a year later, some people said, Hey, we're booking speakers in 24. So contact me in January of 24. Like mm-hmm. they give me that far out. So I just put in my CRM and I just leave it alone. Yeah. So definitely the, my year next year is looking at more speaking, like the same amount of speaking engagements, just with an incorporation of different, um, localized training at some of the agencies or companies. Cause I mean, I've had people from other um, disciplines reach out to me, just looking at my website. Yeah, They're like, Hey, I found your website. Can you do a virtual training? And I was like, yes, yes, I can. <laughs> so that's the whole point of why I have a, even a virtual studio because yeah. I was already working on it, putting the pieces in place because listen to Eric, listen to you, you all at speaker lab. I started hearing about virtual trainings and I was just like, huh, and I saw how professional Eric's looked. And I was like, you know what? I need to have something like that because when the time comes around, I don't want to be trying to react and rush. Right. I want to, when the, when the person, when the lady called me, she said, can you do virtual training? Absolutely. When do you want it? Because I already knew what I had prepared for. Mm-hmm. So now I have this set up and I was excited to be on this podcast today just because I was like, I get a chance to use my equipment. Yeah. Just, it looks amazing. Chance. It really does. I'm going to use it great. again later today for a virtual training I'm doing for two hours. So Awesome. It's part of the whole process, working it, developing it, and creating that, following the program. It's as yeah. simple as that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, you're obviously killing it just by following the program. And and again, it, it's easy steps. It's not necessarily a simple thing, but it, they're easy steps to, to take. So um, yeah, we're really excited for you. You're awesome. Keep up the great work and keep in touch. And thanks so much for spending this time with us. Oh, no, I appreciate it always. It's, it's been a good program for me. Awesome. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. All right, there you have it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Speaker Lab podcast. Now, I want you to know that we do this podcast simply because we want to serve and support speakers like you. We don't charge anything for you to listen, but in return, we do have one small favor to ask. Would you be willing to subscribe to the podcast where you're listening right now? Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a rating and review within iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to these podcasts. We read every single one of them, and they also help other people to find the show. Also, if you are looking to take the next step in growing your speaking business, be sure and check out thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com. We've got a ton of free resources and tools there, and you can also learn more about the programs that we offer, which include one-on-one coaching. Our mission here is to help you find the confidence, clarity, and clear path that you need to own your speaking success. So again, check us out over at thespeakerlab.com. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us, and we'll catch you next time. You're awesome.